Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Welcome to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa, and uh, serving the Lord here for the last 26 years. And uh, what a blessing it has been uh, serving Him. And uh, I tell you what, it is just it is just amazing over and over and over to see the goodness of God and uh, seeing what God is doing, uh, not only in the lives of the people here in Uganda, but uh, as what He's doing in my life and the life of my family. And uh, it's just uh, such an encouragement encouragement to see the Lord at work and, uh, and just letting him have his way. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, we sing that song and we, we think of the verse, you know, the Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All we have to do is follow. And sometimes in life we, we face wildernesses. Sometimes in life we face, uh, difficulties and things that uh, are beyond our control. Uh, but I am so glad that he is in control. Amen. And uh, I'm so glad that he knows the end from the beginning. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And I'm so glad that he is my God. Amen. And uh, it is a blessing to be back in here. I tell you, we've been very, very busy uh, doing a lot of traveling, actually, just going back and forth between Masaka here and up in the northeastern part of the country there in Kalido as well as uh, continuing our ministry here in Masaka with the uh, Masaka Baptist College and uh, working with the uh, local pastors here. And uh, it's just been a great time. We just got back recently from uh, Lukaya and had the opportunity of being with uh, Brother Buquaso Robert again and uh, just excited about what God is doing in the ministry there and excited about what uh, the future is for him and his life as uh, as he is looking forward to getting wed here pretty soon. I'll be telling you more about that at a later podcast. And I appreciate your prayers for me. And I know that many of you are praying. I've heard, uh, I've gotten many emails, text messages, and uh, different things of that nature, just letting us know you're praying for us during this time. Uh, those of you that don't know, we are heading into our fifth week uh, I am heading into my fifth week without my wife. Uh, my children are heading into their fifth week without their mother. And, uh, and so it's uh, been a challenging time. It's been a testing time, but I tell you through it all, God's been good. And, uh, I have figured out very quickly, uh, that, uh, I am not made to be alone. Amen. And I uh, miss my wife so much, but, uh, I just pray that uh, while she's in America getting the test done and uh, getting the uh, treatment that she needs for her knee, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged that uh, things are looking well, the knee is healing up after the surgery, and uh, she just has to stay on those antibiotics for a few more weeks, and uh, so we're looking forward to hopefully uh, having her back in the country uh, around the end of November, and uh, that is my hope that is my prayer and so i hope you'll continue to pray for us we're doing fine and uh there's uh i don't have anything to complain about god's given me some good kids and uh, i tell you the savannah and skyler just doing a just a great great job taking care of me taking care of the house and uh i i really appreciate i can tell that they have been trained very very well by a great mother and uh and so it's been uh you know other than just not having my wife's presence with me uh the house is gone 
uh, the housework has gone just fine. The meals, um, I'm not starving at all. And uh, the ministry is going on. And uh, we just uh, miss the aspect of my wife being here with the ministry and uh, doing what she does so faithfully. And so just continue to pray for us. And uh, throughout this month that uh, the Lord will continue to give us the grace that we need and uh, the ability that we need to be able to accomplish what God's called us to do here. Uh, continue to pray that God gives the doctors wisdom as uh, they do follow up checks on her and uh, making sure that uh, the infection that she had in her knee is completely gone and uh, we're praying that the antibiotics that she's taken will work well and uh, she'll be able to come back uh, without any pain or any discomfort in her knee. And uh, so once again, thank you for your prayers. Thank you so much for your support uh, for this podcast and uh, appreciate I was just on the uh, website the other day and uh, there's many of you that are giving toward this podcast and I really appreciate that. Uh, that goes to alleviate the cost of the podcast and so what a blessing that that is. Thank you so much for that. Well, today uh, we're going to take a little break from the book of James. We're going to get back to James in the next podcast. But I was uh, preaching in the village the other day and asking the Lord what he'd have me to preach. And and uh, at the time I was reading, and I still am reading, through the book of Isaiah and uh, verse by verse there. And, uh, you know, there's just times that you read the word of God and uh, sometimes things just jump out at you that you never saw before because you didn't need it at that time. And, and I'm so glad that we have the Holy Spirit of God that is there to teach us just what we need in the word of God for that day. And, uh, you know, some people always say, well, why is it that I can read the word of God and uh, then I can read it again and I see something totally different that I don't feel like I saw before or maybe I just it just jumped out at me and uh, I truly truly believe with all my heart that is the Holy Spirit of God knowing exactly what you need uh, for that particular time and when you read it the first time you didn't need it at that time and uh, it's still the word of God it's still powerful it's still sharper than any two-edged sword but there are times in our life when God knows that we need certain principles we need certain teachings in our life and uh, God knows exactly when to give those and so so if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Isaiah and uh, chapter number two, Isaiah chapter two, and uh, we're going to see something in this book. I'm sorry, why did I say Isaiah two? Isaiah chapter one, Isaiah chapter one. I've got my Bible opened up and I'm looking at chapter two, but uh, Isaiah chapter one, and uh, there's a statement that is made here that just, again, it just kind of jumped out at me. I know I've seen it before because I had it underlined in my Bible, but uh, just never really had an impact on me uh, as it did this time. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 21, he says, How is the faithful city become a harlot? How is the faithful city become a harlot? And uh, it, it, you'll notice here that it, the, at the end of that statement there, it's an exclamation point. It's not a question. He's not, he's not asking, how did this happen? Uh, he is, it's, it's almost as if he is walking by the city, seeing it in its disrepair, seeing it in its decay, seeing in its degradation. And uh, it's, it's almost as if he's sighing and saying, how is this city that was once a faithful city become an harlot? But what is very interesting, if you look at Isaiah chapter 1, he compares Israel 
with Sodom and Gomorrah. And that, that's not the first time, or that's not the last time, I should say. In Revelation, he calls Jerusalem spiritual uh, Sodom. And, uh, and so it's, it's not unusual for this to happen this way. But in, he, he, he says in verse number one, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So we know he's talking to Judah. He's talking to Jerusalem. He's talking to these kings. And verse number four, he says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel into anger. They are gone away backward. And then of all the things to say, he compares them to Sodom and Gomorrah. He says in verse number 10, hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom, give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. Now we know that he's not specifically talking to Sodom and Gomorrah. They've been destroyed, but uh, Judah has become as Sodom and Gomorrah. And, uh, and, 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 and he's reminding them of the law of the Lord. He's reminding them of what they have forsaken. So he's talking to the leaders here. He's talking to the people here. And he says, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of beasts and delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations, incenses and abomination unto me. The new moon, the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting, your new moon and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear your hands are full of blood. Now here's the situation here. He is, he is admonishing them because here you have a people who are laden with iniquity. They are a sinful nation and yet they are still trying in their sin to promote themselves in religion. They're trying to be religious. They're trying to say, Hey, look at what we're doing here. And uh, look at what we're, you know, we're still offering sacrifices and we're still observing the feast and we're still doing this and we're still doing that. And, and God says, listen, it's all vain. It's all empty. I don't want any of it. I don't want your new moons. I don't want your Sabbath. I don't want any of that because you are doing all of this as a show. And at the same time, continuing with your sinful life. And so he says in verse number 16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fathers, plead the widow. And then verse 18, a very famous verse we hear all the time, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. So this is the, this is the background of the statement that he makes there in verse number 21. When he comes up to this statement, he says, How is the faithful city become a harlot? How is the faithful city become a harlot? 
And, and we think of that and, and we, we understand the relationship that a man has with his wife and the, the very, uh, the very idea, the idea of marriage is a, an idea of faithfulness to one another that you have committed yourselves to that person for the rest of your life. And, and, and one of the most hideous of all sins is to take that, which you have committed that covenant that you have made with your wife or that covenant that you've made with your husband and leave that covenant and leave that faithfulness that you are committed to and go out and give it to a harlot or become a harlot. And, and so the, or the, the, the statement here, how is the faithful city become a harlot? He's, Isaiah is saying, how, you had a city here that was faithful to God. You had a city that honored God. You had a city that was on track and, and served God with all their heart, with all their soul. And, and now that very city has become a harlot. Now, how has it become a harlot? Again, we've, we saw that in our introduction there, where you have a people who are living in sin. They're living as Sodom and Gomorrah. They are living in sexual perversion. They are living in idolatry. They're living in all of these uh, this lifestyle, and yet you also find that they, at the same time, are trying to worship God. They're still trying to offer sacrifices to God. They're still trying to keep the feast of the Lord. They're, they're still trying to keep the Sabbath, and, and they're still trying to follow the law of God. And, and so what you have here is you have someone on one hand who says, I'm faithful to God, but then they are committing spiritual adultery by leaving their faithfulness to God, by leaving their commitment to God, and going after uh, these other things, going after this harlotry, going after this idolatry, going after the wickedness of the world. And so Isaiah says, I, I, I've seen this city that was faithful just very quickly become a harlot. And this really jumped out at me because we, we have to be very careful in our life, the Bible, and again, our, our theme for our program here is always abounding. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so the purpose of this podcast is to encourage you to always abound in the work of the Lord, always go to the next level, always go to the, uh, to the, to, to the above the average but but what but but what about what but what I've seen so many times I've seen it in the ministry here in Uganda I've seen it in in the United States of America I've seen it all over Christianity I I've seen guys who were abounding guys who were faithful faithful to God and now you look at their lives and they are living lives of spiritual harlotry they're, they're claiming to, to worship God. They're claiming to follow God. They're claiming to be faithful to God, but their lives are being lived in spiritual harlotry. And what happens is the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. It, it, it starts out that way. It starts out maybe in the heart. It maybe starts out in the mind. It maybe starts out where no one can see it. But eventually, the Bible says your sin will find you out. And, and eventually, people will understand that here's a man, here's a woman, here, here's a teenager who used to be faithful, who used to serve the Lord, who used to follow the things of God. 
And now that faithful person has become a harlot. Very strong words. But I think we understand that God is a holy God and, and God is a jealous God and, and God does not want to share any of his glory. God does not want to share himself with anything else. He wants 100% commitment to him. He wants 100% faithfulness to him. And how many times in our lives as believers, as we serve God, do we fail him? Do we turn after the things of this world? Do we turn after the pleasures and the and the and the the wealth and the riches and the things of this world? How 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 many people, how many of us could 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 this statement be said of us? How is that faithful person become an harlot? How does that happen? Now I know here in verse number 21, it is not a question, it is a statement. It is a statement of fact. It, it, is a, it is a statement that, that he is making here that this faithful city that once served God, that once followed God, that once loved God has now become a harlot. My friend, if God's people that saw the miracles of God and saw the wonders of God and saw the, the mighty hand of God, if they could turn their back on God, if they could turn their back on faithfulness and become a harlot, then what about us? You say, well, that's, that's, that's Old Testament. I mean, how, how can you say that we as believers can become a harlot? Well, remember in our study of the book of James, if you go back to the book of James and chapter number four, what does he, what does he say in verse number four, James chapter four and verse number four, ye adulterer, adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So this is not just something that God was telling to Israel, but this is something that also God is telling to the church that when we depart from our faithfulness, when we depart from our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, we become a spiritual adulterer and an adulteress. And so going back to Isaiah chapter two, I, 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 I think it's interesting how this passage of scripture is laid out here because although it is not a question, although it is a statement of fact, he then in the next few verses tells us why, tells us how this faithful city became a harlot tells us how this city that, that was the, the city of the great God, the city of Zion, that, that followed the, the, the principles and followed the word of God and followed the law of God, uh, could become a harlot. He tells us how. So let's look at this slowly, and, and I, I hope this will be a challenge to you and a warning to you, uh, not to just you, but to myself as well, as God spoke to my heart through this passage of Scripture here. But notice there's three things that he gives here as reasons why this faithful city became a harlot. Notice here in verse number 21, he says, How has a faithful city become a harlot? It was full of judgment righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Notice the first thing here is he says it was full of judgment. That, that word judgment can be synonymous with what we use today as, as discernment. 
to be able to judge between right and wrong, to be able to discern between right and wrong. And so the first thing that I see here that they lost and, and that caused them to go from faithfulness to harlotry was that they used to have discernment. It's amazing to me in the world we live in a day that how many of God's people just do not have any discernment. They can't figure out for themselves what is right and what is wrong. And, and if somebody is not looking over their shoulder, if somebody is not watching them every step of the way, then they, they, they just simply look around and say, well, I, I, it just, I guess I, if it feels good, do it. If, it. if it feels right, let me do this. If, it, if I want to follow my heart here, let me follow my heart here. And, and, and we live a life of emotions and we live a life just following things as we feel and as we desire our flesh to be satisfied satisfied, but never considering, is this right? Is this wrong? Israel lost their discernment. They had the law of God. They, they knew what was right and what was wrong, but they reached a point in their life where individually, and even as a nation, they, they, they lost the ability to judge. They lost the ability to discern. And the Bible says that this city that was full of judgment, that righteousness lodged in it. It was a city that chose to do right. It, it was a city that chose to follow the things of God. And now their testimony is that they are full of murderers. The, 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 the ultimate far, I mean, the, the, the sin that, that none of us would never want to consider being a murderer, a taker of somebody's life. He says, you've, you've, gone, you've gone from being discerning, you've gone from making the right judgments, you've gone from having righteousness, all the way to the opposite spectrum of being a murderer. Now, how is it, how is it that we lose our discernment? How is it that our discernment uh, begins to start lacking? Or how is it that we do not build discernment in our lives? I, I think the answer is found in the book of Hebrews. If you go to Hebrews chapter five, the book of Hebrews chapter five, the Bible says in verse number 12, Hebrews chapter five and verse number 12, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now watch that. Everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So how do you know a babe in Christ? A, a babe in Christ is someone who is not skilled in the word of righteousness. They are not skilled in being able to discern from the word what is right. Verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, isn't that interesting? Because we are not growing in the word of God, because we are not abounding in the word of God and we're not allowing God's word to permeate our lives and studying God's word and knowing God's word and allowing God's word to seep into every fabric of our life, 
We don't, we don't know what's wrong. And so what we do is we just bounce around according to the way the culture dictates, or we bounce around according to what our friends or our family dictates. And, and, and we, we lose our discernment of what is right and wrong. And, and when you do not understand what is right and wrong, eventually your flesh is going to continue moving you in the direction of wrong day after day after day. And one day you're going to wake up in spiritual harlotry. And you're going to sit back and you're going to say, what happened? How, how did I get here? How, how, I, I remember the years and I remember the times that I was faithfully serving the Lord and I was faithful in church and I was faithful in the ministry and I was faithful reading my Bible and I was faithful doing all these things. How did I get here? Could it be that you stopped growing? Could it be that you stopped abounding in the word of the Lord? Could it be that you started settling for average? Could it be that, that, that you lost your discernment? All this city was full of judgment. Righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Notice the second thing. How, how is this faithful city become a harlot? Verse number 22, thy silver is become dross. Thy wine mixed with water a couple interesting comparisons there he says thy silver has become dross thy wine is mixed with water so what do you what are we seeing here not only in verse 21 did israel lose their discernment but in verse number 22 we see that israel lost their distinction no longer are they distinct from everyone else. No longer are they different from everybody else. Now they are literally, as the verse says, they are literally watered down. Instead of getting the dross out of the silver, now the silver is become dross. Instead of keeping the wine uh, pure and instead of keeping the wine in such a, a way that it is a wonderful drink to, to, to uh, take in, but now you've mixed it with water, you've watered it down. Here in Uganda, we have a, a very big problem with uh, farmers that when they bring their milk in from the, uh, from the villages to sell in town, the, the habit or the what they try to do is they try to mix water in it to get more liters and to get more money that way. And so they, whenever they bring their milk in, they, the, the people that buy the milk have these little testers and, and they test the water content of the milk because they don't want the milk to be watered down when it's sold. But he says, your wine is mixed with water. You've lost your, they, they, they lost your distinction. Israel used to be the, the great nation of God. And, and, and David, remember David said, what nation is there like the children of Israel? What, what nation is there that, that has this opportunity to serve such a great God and uh, a nation that was powerful, a nation that was wealthy, a nation that the whole world looked at with wonder and, and amazement. But now they've become like everybody else. Now there's, there's no difference. There's no distinction. There's no, they, they don't stand out anymore like they used to. They don't stand out as a godly nation. They don't stand out uh, in the world as, as being different. And, and, and once again, I see that, thing, that same thing happening in our world today, in, in not only here in our Ugandan culture, but in American culture as well. We see God's people losing their distinction. We're, we're no longer we're no longer different 
We look like everybody else. We act like everybody else. We go where everybody else goes. There's, there's no distinction. There's, it, it used to be that, that when you saw someone who was a Christian and you saw someone who loved God, you, you, could ju- you could tell them a mile away. But now you go to most churches and we just look like everybody else. We talk like everybody else. We do what everybody else does. There's no, there's no distinction. There's no difference. You know, there's that, you go back to 2 Corinthians, and, 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 and again, I, I try not to use this verse to, you know, to beat people over the head regarding the doctrine of separation, but it is a biblical doctrine. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians and chapter 6, he says in verse number 15, or verse number 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what, with, uh, with, what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Come out from among them, and be ye separate. Are you separated? Are you separated? That, that's not, we're, we're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about doing things to, to be saved. We're not talking about living a certain lifestyle in order to be saved. But the Bible does say that we need to be separated. We need to be separated in our music. We need to be separated in our speech. We need to be separated in our dress. We need to be separated in our church. We need to be, in every area of our life, we need to be distinct. That's what he says in that whole passage of scripture there be distinct we don't there is no agreement with us and them there is no concord with us and them there is no part with us with them we should not be unequally yoked together but when you start looking like the world when you start acting like the world and you start talking like the world and you start dressing like the world when you start listening to the same music the world listens to and watching the same things that the world watches when you start doing that and you start losing your distinction, you are on the road to spiritual harlotry. You're on the road to spiritual harlotry. The Bible says we are to be a peculiar people. We're to be a people that is a, 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 a separated people, a godly people, a Christ-honoring people, a Christ-glorifying people. We're to be distinct. We, ought, we, we should not be watered down. That's what the world wants. The world wants watered-down religion. They, they want a watered-down Bible version, and they want a watered-down church, and they want watered-down preaching. And, and, you know, we live in, a, in, in, a, in an age today where people just, I mean, when you go back to the preaching of the, of the 60s and the 70s and the turn of the century, the men of God that would stand up and preach against sin and, and preach on separation and preach on holiness and preach on godliness, where is that today? It's very few and far between. There's only a few churches left that are standing up for the principles of of being a distinct individual from this world. And because we've lost that distinction, we become watered down. And, And so we have no effect. 
We have no, we have no, I mean, and, and notice uh, the, the other result of this is it loses its value. Silver is valuable the more dross you get out of it. Wine is more valuable the less water is in it. But when you start putting the dross back in the silver and you start putting the water in the wine, then you have that which not, was not only distinct, but that which was of, of value losing its value. And, and that is what has happened in our world today. We've lost our value. We've lost the distinction of being different. And, and so when the world is out there and they're looking at church after church after church and they're trying to find someone to give them an answer, there's no one different. We've lost our distinction. So how has the faithful city become a harlot? It lost its discernment. It lost its distinction. But then notice in verse number 23. Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless, neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. May I say, number three, not only did they lose their discernment, they not, not only did they lose their distinction, but now they've lost their direction. They've lost their direction. Their leaders who should be leading them in the way of righteousness, who should be leading them in the way of godliness, are now just simply in their positions of leadership for personal gain. They're not there to help people. They're not there to be a blessing to people. They're not there to, uh, to try to do what they can to relieve the problems of others. They are simply in it for their own gain. And he calls them what they are. He says they're rebellious. They're companions of thieves. They all love gifts. They follow after rewards. And sadly, in so many of our churches all across America, in churches all across Uganda, pastors have ceased being pastors. They have become hirelings. They're just in it for the money. It's just a vocation. We don't have pastors. We don't have preachers anymore that are preaching on sin. We don't have pastors and preachers anymore that are, that are preaching on holiness and, 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 and preaching on the right direction to go and the right paths to follow and, and getting in the word of God and, and preaching the tough issues of life. No, what we've done is we've allowed the world out there to so infiltrate our churches that now we're afraid to preach on anything. And so in, instead of being pastors who, who uh, perfect saints for the ministry, instead of being pastors that, that are helping people grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're, we're just there on Sundays or whenever we're preaching, we're just there to, to try to help people feel good, try to encourage them, try to, try to get them through the week. No, listen. One of the jobs of a pastor, one of the jobs of a preacher is to preach holiness. To preach holiness. I, I'm sure it's even worse today, but I remember when I was back in the United States, uh, it, it, you just go to church after church after church after church. So I'm glad all of them are not this way, but so many churches you've gone to you could look at the same thing that Isaiah said and said, how is that faithful church become a harlot? You look at, you look at people 
in a lot of these churches, you say, how could these faithful people become an harlot? I tell you what, we've lost our discernment. We've lost our ability to be able to see what is right and see what is wrong and make a decision based on that. We've lost our distinction. There's no, there's no difference anymore. We're, we're just a watered-down church. We're a watered-down Christian. We're, we, we, we want watered-down Christianity. That's all we want nowadays. And our leaders are leading churches in that direction because that's what the people want. That's what the people desire. God says, I've given you pastors to lead you. I've given you pastors to protect you. I've given you pastors to warn you about the wolves. I've given you pastors that are supposed to give of themselves for you. Not just being it for the money. Why, why do we have such a turnover in pastors these days? Because the Bible says in John chapter 10, he says, you're, you're hirelings. The hireling fleeth. The hireling, when there's problems and there's difficulties in the, amongst the sheep, instead of sticking with it, instead of taking care of the sheep, whoo, they take off. A pastor sticks with it. So he says, you've lost your discernment. You've lost your distinction. You've lost your direction. God, give us pastors. Give us pastors. I thank God so much for my pastor. I think I, I, every day on my knees, I thank God for my pastor because I have a pastor who loves God. I have a pastor who loves missions and loves soul winning and, and loves holiness and preaches holiness and preaches against sin and, and helps people to understand this is the right way. Walk ye in it. He's not afraid to ruffle some feathers. He's not afraid if, if, if people get upset and leave the church. He's not afraid of all that because he's not in it for the money. He's in it because he loves God's people and he loves God. So notice what he says in verse number 24. Therefore saith the Lord, the, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, ah, I will ease me of mine adversaries and avenge me of mine enemies, and I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy tin. And I will restore thy judges as at the first and thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and her converts with righteousness. God is promising Israel. He said, listen, one day I'm going to take uh, this discernment that you're lacking. We're going to put righteousness back in charge. We're going to put your distinction back in there. And we're going to give your leadership. The, the judges are going to be like they used to be. And the, and the princes are going to be like they used to be. And, and so he's encouraging them and saying, listen, there is still hope for you. If you'll get back to the old ways. Can I say today that if you feel like you're leaning towards spiritual harlotry, it's not too late to get right. Listen, if we're going to abound in the work of the Lord, we are going to have to abound in the work of the Lord with a with discernment, with distinction, with direction, we're going to have to abound in the work of the Lord with all of those things because if we start losing those three things, we're heading down the path of spiritual harlotry. 
And you cannot always abound in the work of the Lord. You cannot do the work of the God, work of God, being a spiritual adulterer or adulteress. You can't do it. Oh, you'll be religious. Israel was religious. We saw that in that first chapter. Israel was, they were trying to continue the sacrifices and then go home and, and live in their sin. They were keeping the Sabbath. They were keeping the holy days. They were keeping all these things, but living in sin. May God help us today to take a serious look at my, in our lives, in my life, and, and ask ourselves, first of all, am, am I a spiritual harlot? Am I, ha, have I left the faithfulness that I am supposed to have to my Lord and Savior? Have I, have I left my, my discernment? Have I left my distinction? Have I, have I lost my direction? Or maybe, maybe if I'm not there, maybe there's some areas in my life where I'm leaning in that direction. I don't ever want, and listen to me very carefully, I, I, don't want, I, I don't ever want, the older I get, I'm 51 years old, I don't ever want somebody to walk beside my house and look in there and say, there's a man who used to be faithful, but now he's a harlot. Now he's, 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 he's stepped away from his faithfulness and he's become a spiritual harlot. I don't want that to ever be said about me. I don't want that to ever be said about my church. I don't want that to ever be said about my family. And so to do that, the answer to all this then is to make sure that in my life that I am abounding in God's word. That I'm abounding in God's word and making sure that I'm not just getting comfortable with what I know, but I'm studying and I'm learning so that I increase in my discernment. And in increasing in my discernment, I will be able to increase in my distinction because my discernment is going to help me be distinct. And then make sure that I am in a church, make sure that I'm under a pastor that has given me the direction that is encouraging that discernment and that distinction. Is that you today? Are you abounding in the word of God? Are you abounding in your growth of the doctrine of the word of God? Are you, are you in God's word every day? Are you soaking it up? Is God's word being a part of your daily life? Or are you just religious about it? I hope and pray that this statement gets a hold of you as it did me. And again, I just, I picture in my mind's eye, Isaiah walking by the walls of Jerusalem. How is the faithful city becoming harlot? How did that happen? How can you go from being so close to God to being so far. Well, I believe that Isaiah told us very clearly why that happened. Let's not let it happen to us. Amen? Amen. Well, I've gone a little long today, but uh, that just that was on my heart, and, and I just wanted to share that with you because God really used that passage of Scripture to speak to my heart and uh, convict me 
of, uh, of some areas in my life that I need to change and uh, some areas in my life that are leaning in the wrong direction, leaning in the wrong discernment and, and losing a little bit of the distinction that I need to have. And, and so I hope and pray that uh, this message or this podcast will be a help and a blessing to you as we encourage you to always abound in the work of the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen? And uh, what a blessing that that is. Well, if you haven't done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to this podcast anywhere that podcast platforms are located. Just simply type in Always Abounding or Keith Stensis, and uh, you'll be able to get right into uh, our podcast, uh, Lord willing. And uh, every Friday we upload a new one just uh, reminding you about what's happening here in Uganda, as well as encouraging you to always abound in the Lord. God bless you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I know I was a little bit long, uh, but I appreciate your faithfulness in listening to this podcast. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We'll see you next week. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.